run. Here they come, they got the blast on us. The black blurs, blitz or rush. I'll turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These brilliant blurs give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to I'm Nana. I'm Big T. And I'm Stevie. Martin, UK, your your and Martin came in like very weirdly. <laughs> uh, say just say your Martin again so people know who mine is and the voice. Martin. There we go, there we go. Welcome to episode 237 of Bloods R Us. It feels like it's been ages since we recorded, you know. Well, it's been ages since I last spoke to Stevie and Big T on the podcast because they've been missing for a little bit. Mm. But how's everyone generally doing? Yeah, man, I'm all good. I had the burger for practice today, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling super fit. First kitten session today as well, so nice, nice, um, nice. yeah, I'm finally good. To perform. I'm, I'm finally happy that the pads are talking again. Mm. I'm actually going to be coaching this year. Um, I'm probably, I'm definitely not playing this year, and I might literally be hanging on my boots, man. I think with the dodgy knees and with the way work's going to be in the next couple of weeks, going back to yeah. shift work, I might have to retire. It's been a shame. I probably only had one good year where I felt fully fit and felt like I could play my position. But it is what it is. I had fun, made a lot of friends mm-hmm. through Brit Bowl. Um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be coaching. So again, you know, I'll probably continue to be on the scene. So it's not the end of the world, but I don't know. Right now, I think I feel like my playing days are done. We'll see what happens. If I ever get into a situation where I can get in shape and I feel good, then maybe, but right now it's just not really happening. But yeah. It sucks because I would have loved to play against you at least one time. Mate, I would have loved it. Absolutely loved it, but... You know, I'm maybe, maybe come back for one more season. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be this. The next season coming up or whatever. But just come up for one season, and then well, that's it. That's that's well, the final time you. Uh, hopefully, I've got a wedding next yeah. year, so I'm gonna hopefully try and get in shape for that. So you know, mm. if if the getting in shape for the wedding works really well, and you know, in the process gets me fit enough to play American football, then we shall see it. But again, mm. just one of those ones where. You know, I'm nearly finally near the end of the road. Like the light is nearly, I, I'm, I'm getting so close to the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and then I, you know, I could finally say that I am a train driver and I will be mm-hmm. unleashed on the public. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how I that think, goes. I think as a train driver, I don't think you want to see a light at the other end of the tunnel. Isn't huh? like, <laughs> that dangerous? In a head-on collision or something. Well, yeah. Well, depends on it. If it's just <laughs> like just a natural light at the end of the tunnel, you're all good. But yeah, if you're, you know, <laughs> see a light ahead, you don't want to see that. Yeah, you're fucked. See? See? You're happen. meant to have had the training, bro. You're meant to know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Stevie, how you been? It's been a while for you. 
Yeah, no, I'm 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 doing well. Um I'm uh trying to get fit again. Yeah. Um which is a challenge. Um trying to do like uh uh like one one day walk, uh one day run, one day walk, one day run. Um but so it's... so one day you walk and then the next day what you can only run. So like if you want to go to the kitchen or something <laughs> you <have to> run <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that is a fucking great concept <laughs> that would be brilliant no we um the only time we pretty much have time to sort of like go and do some exercises is about six o'clock in the morning every day mm. um so yeah i've kind of got used to the alarm going off at 5 30 and get a cuppa and then get outside at six and do i don't know maybe about four and a half miles or something like that um you say four and a half miles yeah, yeah. What, walking Either that or running, yeah. It's how how long does that take? That just sounds like a really long time. Well, running running four and a half miles is about 45 minutes, oh. 45, 50 minutes now. Poor oh, blimey. Um, and I, I, for me, it's it's a, it, I'm trying to extend like how far I can run before I have to stop and have a little walk. Mm. Um, and usually the thing that stops me from like, that get, makes me force myself to sort of like stop is that my heart rate's sort of approaching 180 beats per minute. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I start feeling really sick. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, um, it, it, with walking, obviously, it takes a bit longer, but we generally just do, if it's, if we try and like allow ourselves about an hour um, to, to walk, but it depends how early we can wake up. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, that's, so that's going all right. But I mean, it, I just got to keep keep going and believe that it's going to get better. Yeah, because um, it is because it's tough. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I went out last night mm-hmm. and like proper went out, and I'm fucking I'm hanging out my ass today, and mm-hmm. um, got like a mega hangover. So um, yeah, no alcohol today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good. I've, I watched a load of stuff. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get we'll get out to a second. Big T, how how yeah. how, how you been? Yeah, I've been good, man. I've just been getting old, man. I feel my body shutting down. Like, you lot are talking about getting fit again. I'm just getting closer and closer to the grave of every day. Like, I've my, my, I've got so many grey hairs now on the side of my head. I'm starting to look like Doctor Strange. I've got one stray grey beard, like, right at the front, just to the side. So, like, it's bait. And my face, my beard looks like Rogue now. Like, I'm just, I'm just getting old, man. So... You know, but no, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's just, you know, spending time with the family, watching the little one grow. That's what you uh, can blame all on. Is exactly. A small child. That yeah. Is, that is I blame the main her, man. Gonna, yeah. I blame her. And I'm, and I'm losing my hair anyway as well. And then it, that's just like <laughs> gone into overdrive since I had a kid. And the funny thing is, yeah, I blame her. But then she likes to like grab the comb. Like she likes to do a lot of stuff here, yeah, but she likes to grab the comb and brush her hair. And then my wife will be like, oh, brush mommy's hair. And then she'll brush her mum's hair. Then I'll be like, brush daddy's hair. And she'll literally laugh at me. She'll just laugh. She'll just laugh like, ah, you dickhead, what hair? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's me. I'm just living that family life right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, all good, man. All right, so cool. as, as we normally do, we get into each other's weeks, what we've been watching. And at Blurs Ross, we normally rate these things. 
Uh, we have a very unique rating system. We call it the chicken rating system. If we think something's absolutely dead, it gets bones. Next up is a quarter chicken, half chicken, three piece. And if it's the creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. Now, Big T's not been on for a while, so he's got a heap of stuff that he, you know, has been watching. Uh, I want to give you about five to ten minutes to talk through as much as you can before we move on to the next person. So, T, cool. go. All right. I'm gonna. I've, I've separated them, so I'm gonna be selective. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I have to talk about Batman. Do you know what I mean? And if that takes up my whole time, I don't give a damn. Like, but that film was fucking epic. Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, to me, it is one of the most comic book accurate portrayals of Batman in terms of just his persona, his character. Um, the world of Gotham, I thought was amazing. Uh, and I mean, this, this film shows like Batman as a character is so malleable. Like you you can put him in a lot of different like tones, genres, situations, and, and it always seems to work. Like from Adam West, Tim Burton, Schumacher, I mean, all really different. Nolan, Snyder, we've even had Lego Batman and the same year as we've had the Batman, this dark gritty, movie we've got super pets coming out which has batman in it again do you know what i mean so and it all works so this is why i love batman he's one of my favorite characters um i've had a lot of comparison between this and the dark knight obviously the dark knight being considered the the gold standard of not only batman movies but superhero movies Mm -hmm. i would say this movie for me it's it's hard to judge comparatively but i would say it's on par with the dark knight Mm-hmm. I would say is it's probably unfair to compare them because The Dark Knight was the second movie. If you was to compare this to Batman Begins, I would definitely say, for me, this is better. I enjoyed this. I think it's more comic book accurate than, say, the Nolan movies, mm-hmm. but it's a better film than, say, the, Sna- the Zack Snyder movies. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Um, The only thing I think the Dark Knight movie has over this movie is the scope. It seemed a lot bigger in scale. Whereas this movie, the tone that they set in this movie, it it is chef's kiss. Do you know what I mean? Like I I would... People complained about the runtime of this. I could have watched three more hours. Do you know what I mean? Like it it flew by for me because I was enjoying it so much. And... Yeah, I, I can't wait for like more from it. Do you know what I mean? Like, apparently, we're getting um, the Penguin uh, HBO show, yeah. which I, I can't wait for. Um, the GCPD show, which apparently is oh, is that still happening? Kind of. Well, wow. I've heard multiple things. One one thing saying it's going ahead. One thing saying it's been cancelled. Then I'm hearing uh, from the uh, from Matt Reeves himself saying it's kind of evolved from the GCPD show into more of an Arkham show. Okay. So I've heard about this Arkham show as well. I thought they were two separate things. But apparently, I don't know, they might be the same. They might be two separate things. But um, I'm looking for anything. Give me anything in this world and I'll suck it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I, I bloody love it. Um, but yeah, to me, this gets a whole chicken. Um, okay. <clears throat> it, for a were Batman film... Bitch? Were there any bits you didn't like? Um, I would say um, the only things I didn't really like, I think you guys mentioned last week, Catwoman, as as well as Zoe Kravitz did with the role, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it, she was missing that confidence of Catwoman. 
Uh, but the port- the portrayal in general, I think, was probably again probably one of the most comic book accurate portrayals we've had in a movie. Well, I, I, uh, Zoe Kravitz did I, well with the role. I think this is her second time playing Catwoman. Yeah. By the way, she she voiced Lego. She voiced Catwoman in a Lego Batman movie. Oh, really? Well, and now she's again in I this. Would, I would say though, in terms of like an argument against your criticism, this is kind of like year one or year two Catwoman. So it, exactly. That wouldn't necessarily that's, be super confident and like badass as we would potentially like her to be. So yeah, exactly. And and that's why I mean that was me trying to come up with something like you know what I mean. But okay, okay. If like you said, it's a year two story. Do you know what I mean? Like she's not even really Catwoman yet. They don't even refer to her as Catwoman in the whole film. Do you know what I mean? They just call her um, Selena. Uh, but I, I loved her portrayal. I loved the inclusion of um, her her storyline. Do you know what I mean? A, a, a lot like in many scenes, she kind of stole the show. It kind of became her story uh, as well as Batman's. And like I, I liked that every character in this was fully formed that's what um, makes a good movie isn't it it's, it's, exactly it shouldn't just exactly. be all about batman it, we should be seeing the the deeper sides of all of the other kind of side characters yeah exactly and i really appreciate it. that's why i'm looking forward to this penguin show if you told me there was going to be a penguin show before i saw this movie like without calling for anything just said there's a penguin show coming out i'd have been like why of all the people why give penguin a show like we had gotham and Penguin was a big part of that. Penguin and, was or, massive in that. Although he was, although he was a good character, like I, I fell off that show. Do you know what I mean? But after this, with Colin Farrell's performance, which was fucking amazing, like he was unrecognizable. Again, I didn't very. Even know he was um, Colin Farrell until the end, and I, was, yeah, exactly. I saw. I was looking at the the, the 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 credits, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's Colin, Colin Farrell!" What, what, what? Look, nothing <laughs> like it. I mean, they did very well in the makeup. Yeah, the makeup was great, and, and, and I like in general, just everything in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The 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 setting, the costumes, Batman suit itself, I love it. Like when I first mm. saw like the, the, the image of it, I was kind of in two minds about it, but it's grown on me. And seeing it in action, I think is really cool. I like the collar. Do you know what I mean? I like how slimming it kind of is because a lot of Batman suits, the neck is really thick. Like if you look at. Um, Christian Bell suit in Batman Begins. They, it's they, the American football, uh, the American football players like neck. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just Johnny Bravo. Like, but <laughs> he was very like it, it was very form fitting. Like you, you saw like the outline of his head. I don't know how to explain. It. And his jawline. I don't, it was. I liked it. I, I liked the the armor of it. It looked very Arkham, um, and the gauntlets. I liked the kind of nod to the Adam West costume with the stitching across the nose and the forehead and stuff. It was really good. Um, I like the fact that he wears the suit for most of the film, kind of like uh, like Judge Dredd in that Dredd movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is predominantly Batman. Do you know what I mean? We, we only get a couple scenes with Bruce Wayne, if you even want to call him Bruce Wayne. Like He's not really in a traditional sense. But I love how he can act with his eyes and he's got the perfect jawline for it. And minimal lines like he barely speaks mm-hmm. for, for the most of the film um but he's just got this presence do you know what i mean and i i loved it i loved the narration it again really set the tone of this kind of um detective noir kind of film it also felt very comic book it, it and um and it was explained in universe like as his journals you know what i mean he he's 
constantly awake night and day he's for, he, the days are just blending and he's forgetting what happened when so he writes this journal looks back over the footage from those those contact lenses all of that the world building i thought was amazing um and and again with the with the tone that they created from the start of the movie with the criminals being scared of the dark and him saying like i can't be everywhere i have to choose my my do you know i mean i have to choose carefully and i've seen this movie twice now i liked it better the second time um because i I think it's got a very good rewatchability factor and when you look at the when he says i choose my like i choose my targets very carefully the three examples of crime in that opening scene one of them is a store getting robbed Mm-hmm. which is money, money getting stolen. Mm-hmm. Another one is them vandalizing and like spray painting something, which is like property damage. But the one he chooses to go for was the one where that gang was about to beat up that guy, which shows he's oh. prioritizing human life and, and safety. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> money's money, property's property, but human life is what he's about. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So okay. I thought that was really cool. Um, I love... Can I jump in with a few points? Go for it. Go I don't for want it. to Can... take over your like five minutes, but um, I have itching to talk about a few things to do. Go with for Batman. it. And as you're on, on as we're on the subject, um, I, I really <laughs> did. You guys notice this just sort of like the just stark difference between um, when Batman and and Catwoman were sort of like having fights, or just when they were next to each other. She's she's all kind of like lithe and nimble on her feet, and he's yeah, like this. a fucking tank. Yeah, he's like he's still very like fast, but just he eats up punches, and people like shoot him point blank, and you know, mm. like he it, 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 when you and when you see him together with her as well, he's just so strong. You're like mm. watching he, you know, the way he's tall, is much taller than her, and. It, it just is. It, this, the, they managed to get that contrast so well, um, mm. and I thought that was a good because you want to see like Catwoman as is this kind of like nimble. That they almost they almost made her quite kind of uh, like that the, almost satirically kind of like that when she had the cats around her, they'd make little mewing noises and they yeah. they dropped in subtle jokes about she was like, drinking milk and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, all of that stuff, I felt like that they they rin- they riddled the the whole film with that. It was it was very they, serious. They riddled the whole film with it. Yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, thank you, you <laughs> thank you very much. Um, just 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 to add, I think I think um, I mean obviously the sequels to this then. Uh, um, Selena will eventually become Catwoman. So I think this is very much a big. Uh, what's it called? Um, the beginning of her journey into being Catwoman in this, so she'll gain her confidence later on and things like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's my that's my two cents worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like I like um, the um like you said sorry uh, the the difference in their styles. It again made me think of Arkham. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Arkham city maybe where you could be batman and catwoman and the yes. difference in their fighting styles when you're playing with them you could really feel the difference mm-hmm. and like That's you said cool. watching it you get the same the same feeling um i started I listening the game yet. oh they're one of the best if not the best franchise of game game series ever like it is amazing um but i, I started listening to the audiobook as well there's a prequel novel for this film and I can't find it available anywhere in this country. Amazon, audio, but all these things, it's, it's only available in America. Wait, a prequel novel, what's the name, what's the name of it? Oh, is it just... Um, uh, Before, Before the Batman. Batman. It's called Before okay. the Batman, yeah. 
okay. so I only got to listen to the preview, which is 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, but even from that, like the information you get is really cool. Like the pre, the pre prelude, the little prelude bit is um, a young Bruce Wayne in uh, Wayne Manor. Uh, and his dad's giving a speech and there's the choir there and one of the choir boys, they're all orphans, but one of the choir boys is just intently staring at Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. just staring him down like he fucking hates this guy. <laughs> and obviously after watching this film, we know that that's the Riddler. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so just wow. little things like that are really cool. Um, they talk cool. about how uh, Alfred mentions in the film how he trained Bruce Wayne in, in this universe, yep. mm -hmm. uh, which is taken from Earth-1, I think. There's a series of comics, Batman Earth-1, uh, which they took a couple things from, actually. First of all, Alfred being the one that trained Batman. Um, in the... Um... Oh, I'm sorry. One second. Uh-oh. <laughs> Give me one second. Sorry, you guys... That's feel... okay. You can five minutes. <laughs> well, I've got something to, to continue with the Batman yeah, theme. Um, so I had a few little bugbears with it. Mm -hmm. um and th the way the movie had been portrayed and everything it was everything was so slick and all of the kind of like the action was really well choreographed and the jokes were subtle and and sort of quite kind of dry and everything and then they had the car chase and i actually had i mean it was at the beginning of the car chase that that car was awesome mm -hmm. loved the way that it kind of like souped up and like you know you heard the jet engines start going and everything and um, watching them dodge around all the cars is great. And I was like, this is great. This feels like a kind of like more like a real car chase instead of it being like fake. Where sometimes you Ooh. watch car, you know, car chases and you're just like, is this, you know, you can almost see like the cameras, you know, and then driving Ooh. along at 30 miles an hour instead of like 50 or 60 or whatever. Um, Definitely. And, and, but then it got ruined right at the end when the the tankers started rolling or the the, the trailers started rolling and um and what the what is it you know like the car trailer thing you know with the ramp just oh, yeah, yeah. into like the perfect position <laughs> and he managed to go over and I, I was like no fuck's sake i can't believe they've done that it's so cheesy and just wouldn't happen and i was just like fuck that that, that they could have they could have done that somehow some other way mm. where they could have maybe just had him blast through it through just at, you know he's got such a beefcake like muscle car mm. surely he could have they could have made it so that he actually just says fuck it i'm gonna just like ch tunnel my way through the center of a trailer or something like that instead of it like just happening to turn around at exactly the perfect moment and then he can fucking go over of course mm. he can I, I was almost saying no please don't please don't i know what they're gonna do he's <laughs> gonna jump through the fucking flames and how is he gonna do that well the trailer's gonna arrive for him and i was just like <laughs> i don't want that from from this movie i didn't i was everything else about this movie felt really fresh and gritty and not kind of like overly telegraphed whereas this was and then when the oh what's it the he he rams into the penguin and um and and the penguin's car goes rolling yeah um and i was like at that point the penguin's got a proper brand new really nice car where the fuck were all the airbags 
when he because he, if, if that if, if any other car like SUV had gone on uh, upside down, the fucking airbag would have been out and yeah, but it wouldn't have know, looked, like, it wouldn't have looked so great, and that's why it was funny that, because um, I don't give a fuck about that. Mm-hmm. It would have to me. I would have gone I, if I'd seen the airbag out and his bloody face kind of on it and him struggling to kind of get out. I would have been like that. Would have felt more Real. realistic yeah. would have made him feel but, more scared have yeah. he been there like trying to claw to try and get out of the fucking car and mm. like it, i don't know i just um th- th- that was a few little bits where i was like sorry stevie have you seen the meme yeah. where um they say that oh have you in movies they don't have the car head seat because then you can't see the actors yeah yeah, yeah. and they did that in this movie where the head seat was on the passenger seat like that mm-hmm. was a, a nice little touch yeah 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 yeah. that was that was very funny yeah yeah that, that was actually in the movie yeah 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 and see that's that's the whole point was that they they'd done a little meta thing about the actual filming of movies and so on so that when the <laughs> when they did that choreographed like tele or telegraphed jump and then the and i was just a bit like that's a, that's annoying and then there was another thing <laughs> that i kind of was just a bit like um, how the fuck do they do that? It was right at the end when Catwoman was putting her her um, her cat into the into the back box of the <laughs> bike. And do you remember how many cats she had? And she was going away a lot from. She had like loads of cats in the house. At least four. Fucking, yeah, she was fucking off to another to another city. Yeah, she's got over one. <laughs> That is like paradoxical. How many cats are in that box? And, <laughs> you know, like that is. I, I was almost erring, wishing that they'd done a, a little kind of like, um, oh, what do you call it? You know, um, the, the 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 thing of like, is the cat dead, alive or dead? <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they could have slipped a joke in like that, just a really subtle, I would have loved it. That would have been mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, that those are my little bugbears. So, what, the, what, what the, was your rating for this, Stevie? Yeah, I would have given this like a a, a, a like a really close to a whole chicken. I just I couldn't give it like a whole chicken. Okay, so three um, piece. so three piece, but like a, a maybe a five piece or five. Just more more than a three piece, but, but not quite a whole chicken. Um, yeah. But I, I did I really enjoyed it. I didn't notice the time going by. Um, three hours, perfectly happy with that, yeah. and. Um, and I did. I appreciated all of the. And I didn't have a problem with the fact that it was, you know, like Catwoman wasn't quite Catwoman at that point, and um, mm. Batman. I loved the fact that Batman, like when he jumps off the building and he puts his mouse suit on and and like flies down, and then he pulls his parachute but fucks it up. Huh. And and it gets caught on the bridge, and he smashes into the bridge, and and he rolls, and I was like that is cool because that is you know that that could happen he he wasn't quite sure about everything he wasn't too slick mm. um mm. but he had no fear he just took gunshots he took he was proper bad i love this i love this portrayal of the batman yeah. and i can't wait to see what they do with the development of it you know like of as he learns more are they going to be clever enough to 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 have him evolve it throughout the future movies that happen or are they going to keep him just as as, as, nah, as they, they'd have to i think i think matt reeves uh i mean if you look at the planet of the apes trilogy like the mm-hmm. the 
development of their characters and that was a fucking ape that don't talk like do you know what I mean he this mm. guy this director is really good at humanizing like iconic um characters do you know what I mean so mm. I think he's I think he's the perfect fit for this world I loved it I knew from the trailer at DC fandom two years ago I was gonna love this movie I knew he was in for a treat I went into it expecting to love it and I came out loving it more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Like, and there, it's not a perfect movie. If we had a 10 out of 10 system, maybe I'd give it a nine. But mm. out of our system, it gets a whole chicken for me. Like, for a The Riddler was movie, really good. The actual, um, like, actor, the the kind of like the, the, the little kind of nuance. Yeah. The Riddler was cool. He was proper unhinged. Uh, I really liked that kind of portrayal. Yeah, he he was cool. Again, I think they went for they, they went for a Zodiac killer kind of thing, like who was a real life serial killer, and they made a movie with him about him as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he was dark man, like and and his backstory and the shit he did like was almost like sore at times with the whole like rat thing with the rats eating through people and yeah, the, that's the, right, that was hard. Neck, the collar bombs and just everything like and his backstory of being in an orphanage and just saying that like it, uh, th- there were days where it was so cold, like babies were dying. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's mm. fucking dark. Like, and this is a PG 13 movie. Do you know what I mean? The, I, you could have convinced me this was R rated without seeing any blood or hearing any swears. Like the, just the concepts and the imagery that this movie, like sometimes your imagination is worse than what they could show you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And just mentioning certain things like we never saw the rats eat through the guy's body, but we know it happened. You knew, like, we, we, yeah, you knew it happened. Yeah, do you know the what guy mean? with the the um the the bomb around his neck, and the, the, they you got to see the splat. Oh, yeah. oh, I see, I see. Never mind. I don't talking about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but no, I, I love this Riddler. I thought this was really good. Um, I liked that with this Riddler comes for Batman, like an extra level of paranoia that I haven't felt in a Batman movie before in terms of his secret identity being revealed. I thought that, that was great. I, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was he's there like saying his name and you're like, Oh shit. He's been found out that, that scene. Yeah. Like I said, I've seen it twice. The first time I watched it, I went into it like, Oh shit. He knows he keeps saying Bruce Wayne. He knows even Batman like looked up at the, the CCTV camera like shit, do you know what I mean? But then when he's like, oh, we got all of them except Bruce Wayne, didn't we? And then even Batman kind of like calms down and I was like, oh shit. He breathes a sigh of relief. He, he actually don't know. And then when I watched it back the second time, I then watched it back thinking Riddler don't know. So I'm looking at all the clues, yeah? And it's so clever, the writing, how it never like clearly expresses that he knows who Batman is. He yeah. says things like, we need to unmask the truth. And Batman like focuses on that word, unmask. Do you know what I mean? Because of his yeah. own paranoia. He knows he's Bruce Wayne. We as an audience know he's Bruce Wayne. So we're seeing all these clues and we're connecting dots that might not be there. When Riddler tells him, you're a part of this too, we're thinking, shit, he knows he's Bruce yeah. Wayne. He knows he's a part of this. But obviously at the end, it's revealed what he meant by you're a part of this too is that Riddler thought they were working together on this. Mm. He thought that Batman was going to be his ally in this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you watch it, when I watched it the second time and I went into it with that mindset, 
that scene flipped on me again. And I was thinking, actually, does he know? Like, does he know? Because if you think about it, yeah, when he goes for Bruce Wayne, when he sends the bomb to, for Bruce Wayne, he does so when Batman is in the orphanage. He knows he's there because he just spoke to him live on, that com on the computer thing, which was the only time he spoke directly to him and knew where he was going to be next. Then he sends the bomb to, Arc uh, to, to Wayne Manor or wherever. Mm. It explodes. And then when Bruce Wayne, like if Bruce Wayne opened the package and died, okay, fine, it's not Batman. But the fact that the most secluded person, even Falcone said, you're the only person more secluded than me, or somehow isn't home when you send the bomb. Do you know what I mean? It's Batman. Like, it's Batman. Yeah? I, so I think he knows and he's fucking with him because in the comics, the Riddler knows who Batman is, but he won't say anything because he says um, the, the answer to a riddle is useless if everyone knows it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's his thing. He knows now who Bruce Wayne is, who Batman is, but he ain't going to tell everyone. That's for you to figure out. I'm too smart. You lot are just dumb. <laughs> I figured it out. Do you know what I mean? That's what, that's what I was going to say. That's what I think I said this last um, recording we had as well, that um, in the comics, right? Because, I mean, basically, Riddler's already figured out who Bruce Wayne is, that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Um, but because of the level of respect he has for um, Batman, he keeps him to himself. Mm. Um, so I think this is, I, I, I'm hoping at least to see something similar happen in this one as well where um, that kind of level of respect is kept even yeah. what it means like you said that you know uh, what's the, as in uh, a riddle is not meaning if everyone knows the answer to it so exactly either way yeah. I hope he keeps it <laughs> yeah just, just to come off of what you're saying like with, with where to go in the future I would love to see and I think you guys someone mentioned this in your review um Obviously, we saw that scene with the Joker at the end. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Reeves describes a deleted scene where Batman goes to him for advice, kind of like how he does for, to goes to the Calendar Man in uh, Long Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, he said that, okay, similar to like, you see how in the Joker movie, they kind of went with a new kind of angle with the Joker where he, that laugh he has is actually like a, like, a kind of affliction, do you know what I mean? Like a Tourette's kind of thing. He yeah. laughs. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it's a real life thing. Yeah. So I thought right. that yeah, was yeah. very when smart. He's stressed, he laughs, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was very smart coming at the angle. Matt Reeves has done a very <laughs> similar thing where he's, his Joker was born, and again, I'm pretty sure, I think this is a real disease. He was born with a permanent smile. He can't stop smiling. No matter if he's sad, no matter how he feels, he can't stop smiling. Mm -hmm. And that, has affected how people have acted around him, how they respond to him. And it, it's, do you know what I mean? So it's messed with his head in that sense. Anyway, apparently he's going to release this scene at some point. So we're going to get to see it as well. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I would love with a Riddler and Joker seemingly teaming up at the end, being friends. Joker's no one's friend. Okay. <laughs> Let's just get that clear. Joker's no one's friend. He's, oh. And the way he was busting up at the end made me know he ain't your friend Riddler. Like, he's going to fuck with you the first chance he get. And I would love for this to lead to the war of jokes and riddles. Yeah, that's the like, yeah. You guys mentioned this last week. I would fucking love that. And it would work perfectly combining it with No Man's Land, uh, which seems to be a direction they could go in with the state of Gotham at the end. Like it's been flooded. There was like, uh, what is it called? Martial law. Mm -hmm. it, it, do you know what I mean? So a No Man's Land would be perfect where every 
kind of villain has their own section combine that with war and of jokes and riddles would be sick and and again um it could have influence from another comic called year zero which actually starts i think with the riddler doing exactly what he did in this movie he floods gotham and then there's kind of like a lawless town and batman i think it's this one he like goes around with like a bow and arrow and shit like it's really back to basics Mm. So a combination of those three storylines, I think, would be amazing. Um, and they seem to have set it up, whether or not they know it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, he's mentioned wanting to bring Mr. Freeze in at some point. He loves um, bringing fantastic things, fantastical things into a real world situation. And he mm. sees Mr. Freeze as a challenge, like to, to how can he make this character fit into this really realistic world. So I would yeah. love to see how he comes up with that. I um, think this would be a really good character purely because of his motivation. His motivation is something that I think every... It's, 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 it humanizes him because all he wants to do is save his wife, but the extreme yeah. he goes to in order to do that I think is one that will be... Um, will cause people to sort of... or movie goes to sort of think about motivations of um, of the villains. Um, obviously, you know, recent, recently in, uh, in cinema we've seen more... Um, humanized villains. I mean, you look at Black Panther, um, you look at, um, well, Black Panther is the first one that comes to mind right now, but you look at other movies, you see that um, heroes become more and more humanized. So I think in that way, um, in the DC comics, if we, or sorry, DC um, films, if we do say humanized um, villain, it adds to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, if it's, if it's the case that Mr. Freeze is, um, selected to become uh to actually um, make an appearance in the film how whichever way shape or form i thought it could be amazing to see under under matt reeves direction it would be amazing mm. um you guys had a bit of a discussion last week as well over whether or not you thought that was venom that he used at the end oh not uh, venom, they, bane serum bane serum yeah, yeah venom i i think it was i think it was because of how he acted when he was under the influence it was a tiny amount, so it wore off quick. Like, Bane has it pumping into him, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, again, in the comics, uh, there was a comic book called Venom, I think, uh, where before Bane even came onto the scene, Batman tested out Venom, like, using it to, to help him fight crime. But because mm-hmm. of the effect it had on him, it made him more angry and aggressive and stuff. He decided to stop using it. And then later on, that's when... Bane turns up and acquires the Venom and, you know, the rest is history. Mm. So I like that aspect of it. I do think it was Venom. It was green. It was glowing. Like, that's not normal adrenaline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. That's what, um, that's what Wasteland, that's what Batman said as well. Wasteland Batman said. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, it's, it's all through it. So I had, I had no issue with it being Venom because it does mean that at some point we may see, uh, uh, may see Bane. He could be, um, it could be even a small fight between um, Batman and Bane, but just to see Batman go through, like, your will because he'll probably know who makes the Venom serum and everything like that. Mm. So, yeah, it, it opens up possibilities, which is why I really like that theory that it is actually um, Venom serum rather than just I adrenaline. Would, I would love to see Dave Batista playing Bane. Oh, yeah, I he'd be, love it. Uh, he'd be hard. He's, he looks the part and he suits like if you see him in real life like in his interviews and stuff he is so well spoken he is so like articulate do you know what i mean that 
I think that would be an amazing bane if he could portray that on screen. Do you know what I mean? I think that would be really good. Um, anyway, I'm just going to... Have you thought of, um, have you thought of the, a potential storyline being Batman um, just basically like them exploring his addic- him starting to get addicted to or more reliant on taking that adrenaline shot and sort of like cracking around the edges and because they kind of explored his uh, in this one how close he was to to the mm. riddler you know and how he was slightly unhinged they talked about his his mum being going to a mental asylum and oh my god um, yeah oh so, so they they kind of got the kind of thing of him going you know i'm so similar to the riddler and he mm. needs to in, differentiate himself by being not not being such a not being vengeance but like having people like trust him they could then in order for him to continue performing in the future he might have to start taking the the drug more and more and mm. then that would make him you know maybe him maybe make him act un, unethically or just more violently and uh, i think that'd be quite fun wouldn't it to to, to explore that do you know what? In saying that, um, Nana, let us know if we've got over that time period, right? But basically, let's <laughs> uh, wrapping up. I'll be quick. All right, cool. I'll be quick. Um, there's a line. Of, there's a line of um, comic books called the Imposter and um, Batman the Imposter or the Imposter Batman, which looks at early uh, Bruce Wayne as very similar to what we see in all the Pattinson's Batman. And in that, um, he goes through therapy sessions, and the theory is that he's actually killed someone, and that's sort of uh, affected him. Um, I, I think he killed someone indirectly, so maybe he went to stop a, um, a gun, went to stop a, what's it called, a burglar from shooting um, at the victim, and he dodges it, or whatever happens, and it ends up killing the, shops, the shop owner, so um, that'll be interesting to see if that was something that, you know, if, it'll be interesting to see on, on, on big screen, I, I think. Um, yeah, I just want to add a little bit in there. I've got now, Ace, I've got three more points and then I'm done, yeah, on Batman. Right, then and I'm not, I'm leaving everything else. I'm not even, that said, I'm not bringing up anything. I'll leave that for another episode. Cool. But, all right. Um, again, just talking about where to go in the future of this year. I like that at the end, Catwoman went to Bloodhaven, which mm. is obviously, we know Nightwing, that's his territory. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was a nice little nod to them. Also, a sequel kind of spin-off comic to The Long Halloween was called, uh, it was a Catwoman comic called When in Rome. And obviously the, they introduced the concept of uh, Falcone being Catwoman's dad, which they haven't brought to the big screen before. So I love that inclusion. Mm-hmm. Straight from, again, I think that was in The Long Halloween. And a lot of the Falcone stuff, John Totoro uh, fully oh, turned me great. around. I, I know he's a good actor, but I know him for funny things like The Big Lebowski or uh, Oh Brother, mm. Where Art Thou? Even Transformers, he was That's quite odd, Yeah, I was going to say Transformers. So I was a bit apprehensive about this. He, he didn't even look like how Falcone looks in, in the long Halloween or the comics, but he fully turned me around with his performance. I thought it was amazing. That story about how Thomas Wayne saved him when he got shot, again, straight out of long Halloween. So yeah. I, I loved all the comic book references. Um, anyway, so Batman, best portrayal I think there has been. Uh, like I said, referring to Earth One, um, Andy Serkis as Alfred, he's the one that trained Batman uh, in the comics and in this movie. Uh, he was a soldier. And again, in, in the prequel novel, it tells you that Alfred was a soldier 
He trained in karate. He trained... Basically, Alfred did what Batman does usually. Alfred is the one that learned many fighting styles and kind of came up with his own martial arts style. Then he taught it to Bruce Wayne. And maybe Bruce Wayne adapts it even further and hones it. Do you know what I mean? But it's Alfred that taught him how to fight, which I thought was was really cool. And uh, Stevie, you mentioned Martha. Again, this is taken from Earth 1 as well. In this run of comics, Martha is an Arkham. I think she's usually a Kane, Martha Kane. But yeah, in this, uh, she's Martha Arkham, which again means that, I mean, Batman is said to be insane anyway. He's meant to be just as insane as his villains. But when you take into account he is an Arkham, as like he's got Arkham blood in him, that can just, like, what's the word? Accentuate this or... or uh, exaggerate it do you know what i mean the craziness can really be there and i think this batman more than any has seemed crazy like he seemed like a normal man in a room full of policemen wearing a bat outfit and it just seems insane like and i, I feel like that was very well portrayed in this movie so mm-hmm. i think that would also lead to a um very nicely would lead to a court of owls storyline mm-hmm. where um batman gets like imprisoned and stuff from his past is exposed and his family and he starts to go crazy in this in this labyrinth so i think that would be a really cool third movie i think the that next one sick. the next one should be the no man's land war of jokes and riddles that kind of thing and then at the end of that movie they finally rebuild gotham or whatever and then the next movie is going to be court of owls and you figure out that yeah they rebuilt gotham but they rebuilt it with all this like sinister stuff underneath again. Like you can't save Gotham. Mm. Um, I liked yeah. how I like, uh, Oh, sorry. And uh, I, was, I was just going to add very, very quickly that we can see signs of that and it'll be good for the core of our story to continue because um, we can see that uh, Thomas Wayne obviously um, ran for, was it ran for mayor? Um mm. And that's what led to Falcone killing Daryl Porter and stuff like that. Um, so you can see the echelons of power, the upper echelons of power. There's something going on behind the scenes. So that could even be uh, orchestrated as the Court of Owls told Falcone to kill him. And obviously Falcone can't mention the Court of Owls, so he will take on the responsibility of saying that I was the one that, um, that you know, snuffed out the reporter. So I think, I think it'd be really cool to see a major force could- behind all the... Um, or, they, or, they could even yeah. sorry that just just what you were saying they could even include Hush in this film as well well they, yep. teased, yep. they potentially yep. teased Hush with the words coming up yeah, yeah we're 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 like, that, and like that as well and like the guy said the, the guest said last week as well um, even the reporter his surname was Elliot and I think Hush his name is Thomas Elliot so mm-hmm. that that reporter could have been his dad could have been Hush's dad mm-hmm. which again would lead it so it They've, they've created such a rich world here. It could go in so many directions. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I can't wait for it. Um, my last two points, and then I'm done. Yeah, oh, And these are both about Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the symmetry in this movie between the Batman and Riddler. Um, the first shot of this movie is the Riddler looking through like a POV shot of Riddler yes. looking through binoculars. And then later on in the movie... You get the same shot from Batman's point of view, looking through binoculars at, at, at Catwoman. Um, so I like that type of stuff, and it kept happening. Uh, the introduction of both characters are in the shadows. The Riddler is standing in the shadows behind that guy in his room. 
And the only difference is the Riddler gets exposed by the light. The light shines on him. He doesn't move. The light shines on him and we see him. Whereas the Batman steps out of the shadows into the light. Do you know what I mean? Showing that he he's kind of kind of uh, representing his story in this movie, going from being this dark, like calling himself vengeance, to being hope rather than vengeance. Do you know what I mean? So him stepping out of the darkness into the light also was shown very well when at the beginning of the movie, the guy he saves from that gang, um, he's scared of him and says, oh, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. But then at the end of the movie, that woman that he saves and puts on like the stretcher for the helicopter, she is comforted by his presence. She doesn't want him to go. Mm. So again, that shows the growth of, of his character. Um, so I, I really like that. And my last point, the soundtrack, the fucking soundtrack was so fucking good. Um, Batman's theme was menacing. It was powerful. It was, it was really good. Reminded me a, a bit of uh, the Imperial March, Darth Vader's kind of theme. Sounds quite similar to that. Uh, so again, animated series. Sorry? And the animated, yeah, animated series. series. Yeah. It reminded me of the funeral song. Do you know what I mean? You know the funeral song? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, that one! Yeah. You know what I mean, like this. So I love the 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 connotations that went with with Batman's theme alone, but the Riddler's theme, and this is where I fell down a little rabbit hole of <laughs> making connections. And I think there were—I mean, there was clearly a lot of biblical reference in this, saying the sins, sins of the father. Do you know what I mean, see you in hell, all of this stuff him being a choir boy. Um, the opening music in this film was Ave Maria and Riddler's theme was kind of an off version of Ave Maria. Um, and I like that that kind of shows that like with all these biblical references, sins of the father, obviously referring to Thomas, Thomas Wayne. So you could see Thomas Wayne as the father, Bruce as the son, Batman as the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. And Riddler oh. would be the devil telling you, I'll see you in hell. And then when Batman goes to see him in Arkham, he says, welcome to hell. Like, this is hell. Yeah, and Batman doesn't live in Wayne Manor in this movie. Uh, again, if you read the book, you'll know that Wayne Manor was donated to become the orphanage that would then become run down and people like, do you know what I mean? But they live in Wayne Tower. So they live up above in the heavens, do you know what I mean? And he lives in the grime and shit down below. Um, not only that, Catwoman... He, she didn't call Batman Jesus, but when he popped up, she said Jesus twice. She looked at him and said Jesus. So mm. again, that's referring to him as the son. Um, this whole movie took place the first night when you see his journal, 31st of October. And at the end of the movie, his journal says 6th of November, which means this take place over seven days. Again, another biblical reference, which oh also, which also means observation. Which, uh, which also means if, if the last day was the 6th of November, it means the explosions and this terror attack on the, the land took place on the 5th of November, which, as someone from Britain, I think that's just a nice little extra touch. Mm, um, uh, and then also, also a flood, do you know what I mean, has very biblical connotations, mm, a mm. baptism of the city, do you know what I mean, as well. So I, I just thought that was really, really... Like, so much of this movie was well thought out, well executed. 
it's one of my favorite Batman, if not my favorite. I've seen it twice, and it gets it got better. So I don't know if it's going to keep getting better every time I see it. I'm going to keep noticing more, but I loved it. A whole chicken for me. Nice, nice. Well, that's killed up most of our recording for today. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that will be very swift moving on now. All right, we are back. Had a quick little break. Um, so what we're going to do now is going to review our actual main movies because um, we are on a fairly tight schedule today. Um, and then we'll see how, how we're doing for time. And then we'll go from there. So first movie that we're going to review is Turning Red. This is a Pixar movie available on Disney+. Plus. Um I don't like how Disney are doing Pixar dirty with having them um, putting a lot of their films straight to Disney Plus and cancelling their theatrical yeah. release. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite harsh. I don't know if harsh is the word, but I don't know how like that works money-wise, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, this, I found out was interesting with um, Turning Red is that it was from the same producer, not producer, uh, same director that did Bow. Um, that was that Pixar oh, short yeah. that came. I can't. I, I want to say it came before Coco, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, mm. so Is that I the know, one about the little dumpling boy? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, do you know what? Watching this film made me think of that. Mm. I don't know that. Yeah. Well, like, cool. like, like I said, if you watch it the documentary, if you watch the documentary yeah. at the end, then you'd have seen like the, where they draw some of the inspiration from. Um, so, Turning Red had Rosella Chang as Mei Lin. Uh, you had Sandra Oh as Ming. You had Ava Morse as Miriam. Hayden Park as Abby. Matera Ramakrishnan as Priya. Uh, Orion Lee as Jin. Uh, Wai Ching Ho as Grandma. And the Grandma Panda. And a whole other, other cast. Uh, this was directed by Domi Shi. Uh, the story was also written by Domi Shi. Um, I'm going to start off. I'm going to give this a very uh, solid free piece. Um, I enjoyed it. It was funny. Um, the, one of the reasons why I can't give it a whole chicken is initially I didn't like how the story was being told. Um, the animation was good. The animation was exceptional in the cooking God, scene. Wasn't it? The, the, in the cooking scene when the dad was cooking. Like oh. that, that section of animation, they were just showing off. Like they put all their budget probably into that <laughs> 30 second scene that animation <laughs> there animated that animation there was superb um i did like the whole you know um going through puberty but using it in like magic panda in the way of telling um a puberty and you know what problems kids can go through i felt that as much as this was a message for young kids this is a message for adults in it in terms of don't put too much pressure on your kids to be successful or to be like you and i felt that was a, a great message which like i kind of maybe not so much for me but again from like a an african and a culture like in a sense again i'm being a little bit racist here but like an ethnic background there's a very harsh push to be doctors to be lawyers to you know to be in those kind of fields where you have like a reputation and you know Again, speaking from like, you know, being from the African background, like a lot of Ghanaian African parents pushed together. Ah, you must be your doctor. Oh, you, why, why are you not getting A's and and A stars? Do you not, does that make sense? So, yeah. the A star star. In it, the A star star. So, yeah. I, I, I like that message aimed at the parents, like, 
chill on it. Like, let your kids, in a sense, grow up to be who they need to be in it. Don't be so forceful in the direction you're pushing them to. Uh, and I and I and I quite like that. Um, so yeah, for me, three piece. Uh, let's go, uh, mine. What did you think of this one? And what's your rating? Um, do you know I echo a lot of things you said, so I'm just gonna add a little bit more things. Um, I do like the fact that it's set in 2002, so you get th- you see things like some of the gotchi boy bands, like you know Backstreet Boys, mm. um, or at least this movie's version of Backstreet Boys. Um, mm-hmm. You do see um, you know CDs, people beatboxing. Um, I also mentioned that in my notes that yeah the animated food scene was just freaking amazing mm-hmm. um and again similar to what you said as well as in um mailing's red panda transformation may be a metaphor for puberty because it sounds like she's going through you know when africans well, women have periods and stuff like that the red panda is obviously like a metaphor for her going through that and the, the emotions that come along and blah blah you see the, the all the kits i should say but the, the, the tampon not tampon sorry the pads and stuff that the mom provides because that's what she thinks or um um may name's going through um this was done very very well um i really i really like the the friendship aspect of it because being um you know having um i guess african parents around um so they're very, very harsh, not very harsh, but you do tend to have them say, oh, I can talk to this pe- these people, they seem nice, don't talk to these certain group of yeah. people because they're leaving a path, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what you saw in this, so it's very, very relatable. Um, and also you can see that actually the damage to Mei Ling isn't just one way, that the mother has also gone through this as well with her mom, um, which we see in the film. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a, it's a three-piece, solid three-piece. Mm. Alright, so now let's let's get a a view from the most senior of us in terms of being a parent, Stevie. <laughs> no, this this film completely bowled me over. This is a total whole chicken for me. Mm. I I was I wasn't expecting it to be so good. Um, just it for me. Um, yeah, the animation was absolutely mind blowing, blowingly phenomenal. Um, the the storyline had me like just entertained the entire time. There was there's moments where I'd actually be laughing laughing out loud, just like randomly. You know, I'm sitting on the sofa and it, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe they've done like a Godzilla thing. You know, just the some of the jokes that they had in there, and um, yeah, it just for me this this is absolutely spot on. I, I don't I obviously you know I'm, I've not had the experience of of what it's like to have make massively overbearing parents who who have high expectations of me mm-hmm. um thankfully but you know I, I could see as a parent myself it's you know they they hit the nail on the head so so many times in this movie and it is but but if I'm going to be rating it um it, it all hinges on like how much fun did I have? And would I watch this again? I'd watch this countless times. It mm. was such a good movie. It was entertaining. It it was funny and and just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. It was so, so yeah, total whole chicken from me. Okay, cool. T Don't tell me he's not here. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Sorry, I was muted. I was proper chatting as well. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I fully agree with everything Stevie said. Um, as a parent, uh, I watched this with my wife and I watched this with our little girl as well. Obviously, she she liked the, the colourfulness of it. The animation, as everyone said, is really great. Um, but yeah, m- my wife, she really related to it. She related to... It, it made her like contemplate her own relationship with her mum, uh, her own like on herself as a mother and how she's going to react to similar situations in the future. She cried at least twice. So it, it enhanced my viewing of it, watching it with her as well. And again, thinking of the future, how I'm going to react to, to my daughter going through these kind of things. Mm. So yeah, it, it was really very relatable in that sense. Um, uh, the movie, again, I would agree. I'd give it a whole chicken. I think it was very smart. I think it was a really good uh, coming-of-age movie from a female perspective, uh, revolving around this young girl's relationship with her mum mm-hmm. uh, and how it's affected by her kind of journey or transition to womanhood mm-hmm. and her own personal acceptance of herself and the whore that she truly is, taking her down a dark path of prostitution and pornography. I think that what? Pixar were very brave in this tackling this subject matter in the children's movie. But I think it was very well handled. It was very, um, it was genius writing. I think I may have read too far into certain things. Clearly, but, what with the with the booty shaking, yeah, <laughs> mate. That's the start of it. Okay, <laughs> that is the that that's the least offensive thing on my list. <laughs> okay. Um, Listen, man, it's there in Canada. Anything goes in Canada. Anything goes, mate. That's what I'm saying. But all right. So we, we, you've mentioned the the metaphor for the period, which yeah, like maybe not even necessarily what happens, but how it makes women feel like they feel like this giant, hairy, bloated monster. Do you know what I mean with a temper? They, mm. do you know what I mean? Like all of these things. So that was really cool in in terms of that sense. Now the puberty aspect of it and like growing into womanhood, I think they went too far. And I think it's smart. Like when on the surface level, yeah, it looks like a film about a girl turning into a panda and it's funny and kids will love it. But from an adult perspective, looking at it through the metaphor, like lenses, Mm -hmm. again, I think I started reading too much into it. (laughs) So, um, at the start, when the friends first find her as a panda, one of the girls, like they're checking her out, like looking at her. And again, as a metaphor for puberty, I don't know what girls get up to in the toilets when they all go together, but I assume it's something like this, like they're checking each other out and touching each other. So they can see this new body that their friend has. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And one of them is touching her tail. Like, and we all know a tail, what that's a metaphor for. And, the other one is saying how fluffy she is and starts motorboating the fluff in her face. <laughs> now, again, I don't know what girls go up to in the toilet, but I hope it's something like that. Um, what else did they do? Trust me, like, bare things like that. Um, I found out that if you, in your mind, replace the word panda with the word pussy, it becomes so much funnier. Because there were many times when, like, the, the bully guy at the, at the school, for example... When he's like, oh, you're flaunting your panda all over school. I was cracking up, bro. I was cracking up. And what makes it worse, yeah, is that 
again, she's got this new ability, this panda thing here, which we know is a metaphor for puberty and sexualization in a way, yeah? Mm -hmm. And she's flaunting it around school and charging money for it. She's basically set up her OnlyFans, yeah? <laughs> like, she's selling photos. She's selling, like, meet-up meet -up experiences. So... Already, she's using her sexuality for her own gain. And this is what leads her down the dark road, guys, okay? There's a mention, there's something in this movie called the kitten box. Am I a fucking dickhead? The kitten box. What? G give me two This um, is why. Nicknames. This is why, T, this is why it was so good, right? That's it's what I'm saying. Every, every, like, movie, animated movie that's, that's aimed at kiddies... Has also got fantastic dark undertones that adults can laugh at mm, that kids exactly. just don't get. That's why. That's what I'm saying. This is why I loved it, bro. I gave this movie a whole chicken, and it gets worse. It gets worse. There's one point where her um, her relative, one of the aunties, says, "It feels good to let out the beast. It feels free, uh, but the more you do it, the more you're tied to it." I think that's a metaphor for having a reputation as a hoe. The more, the more you let the panda out, the more you fuck, the more you let your pussy out, the more you get tied to it. Like you become, you gain a reputation as a hoe. Like you said, Martin, there's that bit in the party where they're shaking, she's shaking her tail, which is like shaking your ass, twerking at a party, whatever. But even just the fact that she snuck out to a party to give the birthday boy her panda yeah which again she charged money for he paid 200 pounds to get that panda and there was a line that said you want the panda you're gonna get the panda and like i said if you replace that word with another word it's fucking funny yeah so that's where the prostitution comes into it she's now having sex with guys for money yeah and that guy turns out to be gay later on in the movie anyway so that's a whole what, stuff hey, what because he um, likes four town Bruv, he was in love with one of them. There were was five it? of them, and they were each crushing on one. That, again, it's a metaphor, bro. It's a metaphor. <laughs> he can't be gay in a kid's movie, but he's gay. All right, we know he's gay. Um, Fair enough. Then, now, this was the one. I said to myself, you naughty Pixar, how dare you do this in a children's movie? Because there's no way this was done by accident. Either I've got the dirtiest mind in the world, yeah. or this was done on purpose, mm -hmm. okay? Now... This is where pornography comes into it, all right? Her dad finds a camera, okay? Mm -hmm. And watches the footage that's on this camera. And the footage within the movie, it's just her and her friends having fun. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Her turning into a panda, them having fun, innocent children stuff. Yeah. But if you take into consideration this metaphor that we're working with and how deep in the rabbit hole I am by now, <laughs> Clearly. it was dark. The two shots of these friends having fun, yeah? One of them, they're, eat, they're eating shit, they're eating shit, and one of them turns to the camera, opens up her mouth, and starts swishing around this sticky substance. Oh my God. Am I fucking dumb? Am I dumb? <laughs> then, the next shot you see is her as a panda with two sprinkles, shaking them into her mouth, and then overflowing out of her mouth, and then she starts shaking them over her three friends who are down below. 
Am I a dickhead? <laughs> Am I a dickhead? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Porn, you, you know what? Now that you said all this year, because there was a there was like a little article on Facebook about like parents being upset about this movie being shown to their kids, and if this is the kind of I didn't click on the article. If this is the kind of thing that they were saying, yeah, I got I can see it now. But that's just that's just jokes, man. Even <laughs> even the the spirit or whatever in the other realm was a fucking had some clitoris ribbon above her head. <laughs> and then the clitoris ribbon turned into a circle, which is basically like another visual metaphor. Like everything about this, the, the ritual, yeah, again, could be a metaphor because if you're taking the panda as like sexuality and puberty, they don't want you using it. it, it they're kind of talking about celibacy, do you know what I mean? And you could argue that the ritual is some form of FGM, like female genital mutilization, do you know what I mean? Where some, some, um, cultures sew, sew it up some mm. cut off the clitoris do you know what I mean there's all different things that they do and the fact that part of the ritual he had a sword again I thought was a visual representation of of like FGM do you know what I mean so again I thought this movie tackled some touchy deep subjects you know what I mean but mm. did it in a children's movie and it worked like it, it, it works like, like you said the kids ain't gonna pick up on this they're just gonna have a fun time but me, I was sitting there shocked. I was, what is this smut that I'm watching? I'm serious. This movie, serious. this movie, and sorry, last point. It ends with the mum embracing the, her daughter's new horality or whatever you want to call it and incorporates it into her business. This movie is a Kim Kardashian origin story. <laughs> you are not serious oh, whatsoever. You are so funny, <laughs> guys, this is what happens when a TV needs too much shit. It because of all this. So much crap. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so jokes, man. You, the, the more you think about it, the, the worse you, you just the more <laughs> of a rabbit hole you get into. Don't you? Can, can, can I just enjoy a, a, a movie, just a normal movie? Can That's you? It. Oh, you ruined it for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> so jokes. That, nah, that's anyway, funny. sorry. Calm, calm. All right. The, is anyone going to go and if it says on this one, we're going to move on to the last movie of the day. Nah, I'm good. All right, cool. Now, the last, next movie that we're going to review is a movie that dropped on Friday as well, and it is... Why am I forgetting the name? Project Adam. Adam Project. Adam, Adam Project, Project. Yeah. There we go. The Adam Project, starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, Walker Scoble, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, Zoe Saldana, Catherine Keener. Uh, it is directed by Sean Levy. Isn't Sean Levy now in going to direct Deadpool 3? Oh, Really? I'm Maybe. pretty sure I saw something that saying that he's now going to be... I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw something saying that he's going to be uh, directed in um, Deadpool 3. That would be that would make sense considering how many Deadpool references there were in this movie. Exactly. And Ryan Reynolds is in it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a time-travelling pilot, pilot teams up with his younger self and his late father. To whoa, 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 Ace, Ace. What? You just ruined the twist of the movie. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a twist. It wasn't a twist at all, was it? Like literally, like no, literally. No, no. That's what made me laugh. I, bro. I was watching. You, I, I was watching this year, and then within ten seconds, I was like, "Wait, have I got the twist of this movie?" And I was like, "If this, you're could... too smart, bro. You're too smart for everyone." Uh, like, did you did you figure out Bruce Wayne is Batman as well by yourself? Like, <laughs> you are too quick, boy. I love me. It, 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 when it, when Tom Holland suited up as Spider-Man for the first time, did you lean over to someone and go, 
you know what? I think Peter Parker is actually Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. No, you I'll, made me laugh, bro. I was just like... Because when, when you said it, yeah, I was like, wait a minute. That's the synopsis of the movie. I didn't see like, the synopsis. I didn't read the synopsis, so dude. When you said you hadn't read the synopsis, I was like, okay, fair enough. If yeah. you go into it blind, you were well, fair enough. Yeah. But then when I watched it, I was like, bro, how can you think this is a twist? This is clearly the setup to the movie. Like... The first words on screen are time travel exists. Then you see Ryan Reynolds travel to the past. Then we go to the past and we see a kid doing a Deadpool impression. <laughs> and like, and then the mom says, you have to care about your future. Your future is coming. Is coming. He's on his way. Didn't you see the start of the film? It's coming sooner than you think. Yeah, I was like, bro, like this is big. Like it, it would have been more of a twist if that kid wasn't him mm. in the past. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, sorry, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, Adam Project. Uh, that's a synopsis. Um, I, you know what? Yeah, like I feel like this kid deserves an Oscar because he played Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool like perfectly. He like, did it good, didn't it? He was awesome. He yeah. he did it so well. Like he he now yeah. As long as he kind of, you know, doesn't do drugs and do anything crazy, he can just kind of just take on Ryan Reynolds' like career and just kind of do movies that he did, and he will be successful. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a solid three piece. It was fun. I liked the action. Uh, Ryan Reynolds um, should now somehow cameo in a Star Wars movie as a Jedi. I think he would be oh, pretty, yeah. pretty badass yeah. as one. Um, I think that's what he's going for, but every movie he's releasing now has a lightsaber in it. Mm. <laughs> I think that's, no, yeah. I think I yeah. feel that's just more the Disney connection, the Disney Star Wars, you know, reference. Well, this wasn't this wasn't Disney, was it? Free guy, no, it wasn't. Free guy was Fox, mm-hmm. and then obviously when Disney took over, it's now Disney. But so maybe they added all that Star Wars and yeah. Marvel stuff. But this this is on Netflix. This ain't this ain't. I don't even think this is connected to Disney. No, it's not. No. But again, it just had that fire in it. I think it was like, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Sundance. So I was just like, you know, this is going to like do well mm. when it comes to like award season. Um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun of it. I'm not, I'm not going to go too much into it because we we're kind of running out of time. But I'll give it a solid three piece. Um, I needed more in it. I needed, I don't know. I needed like Ooh. a bit more razzle dazzle in it. I needed, you know, it, it was fine. Like, again, I did enjoy Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds in this. And I think it works for him just playing the same character. <clears throat> but I just wanted a little bit more. The action scenes were pretty cool. Um, I, there was no real stakes. I did quite like having Mark Ruffalo in this as playing his dad. And like, you got the, you know, potential MCU connection there. Um, because you had Mark Ruffalo in this and you had uh, is it Joey Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana, thank you. Gamora. Yeah, so it's nice to see the interaction. I can't wait for his Deadpool to interact with other characters in the MCU. Um, Thomas, what did you think of this one? Uh, Yeah, I I was entertained by this film. I thought it was good. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. Mm. I would give it kind of a harsh half chicken, even Mm, though that's still a good score. It's a good movie. Mm. But I, I, I feel like this movie set up a lot of interesting concepts, but never followed through with it. So, for example, I mean, slight spoilers. Um, if anyone hasn't seen a movie, maybe skip a bit. But um, <laughs> he, go, he goes to the past, yeah? Mm-hmm. He goes to 2022 first and mm-hmm. then goes back to 2018. Now, in a time travel movie, 
there's a lot you can do with that setup, yeah? He goes to 2022. His wife got stranded in 2018 and lived out her life for four years so that she was still there in 2022 when he arrives, yeah? Mm-hmm. Then, like, she gets killed. Mm-hmm. Which he doesn't even he doesn't even see happen, which takes away some of the emotional impact of it, which again knocks it a bit down for me. But um, then he then goes back to 2018 to see his dad, and he takes the younger version of himself, mm-hmm. sees his dad, and da, da, da. I was expecting his wife to turn up because that's when she got stranded, so she should be there. And he yeah, they just, could have tied if, in, couldn't they? If he just witnessed her die again, like I say, he didn't see it, but if he witnessed her die then goes back in time and she's back. That would have been so like emotional. That would have been, I, I, I thought that's what was coming. I mm. thought that would have been cool, but they, they never followed through with it. And stuff like that kept happening. Like talking about how his dad died in 2018 and now his dad was the grandfather of time travel. They've got to stop time travel happening. I thought they was going to have to go back and kill their own dad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To stop that. And again, that never happened. So I kept thinking, oh, this is set up to be deep. I said, maybe that's me ruining it for myself. But again, I think there's a lot of things that didn't add up. Like time travel is hard to do anyway. But when um, another interesting concept was when she says, oh, a ship returned from 2018, but a ship never got sent to 2018. And the young Adam said, well, maybe it got sent from a future that was already changed. So, okay. So you can change the future to the point where you never got sent back in time, but you're, you still are physically back in time and you still have to return in a jet. But then later on in the movie, when they change um, the past so that time travel doesn't exist, it then changes that, like they disappear. Because if there's no time travel, they would have never been sent back. But that's inconsistent with the other thing. Like if, if the pilot who went to 2018 change the future so that she never got sent back. That's the same as time travel not existing. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So even if time travel doesn't exist, they still would have to be there to make time travel not exist. So they would still have to get the jet back to the future. Paradox. So it's a paradox. It is. It, it, it doesn't, it, and, and it, it's not consistent with what they set up at the beginning. Mm. What I think has happened, those two Adams have died. They died. They change the future to the point where they don't exist anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no echo of memory in your thing or whatever. When they were like, oh, um, I'll see you in the future and maybe we'll remember. I don't think that's the case. I think the same way, whenever they killed the the soldiers that they just dis- exploded, like, like they were snapped, mm-hmm. I think that's what happened at the end to Ryan Reynolds and the young Adam. I think they both got dusted. And the, the new future scenes that we see when we see the young Adam interacting with his mum and he gives her a hug this time, and you're thinking, oh, that's because... He said... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He said to give her a hug. And then you see the future future where Ryan Reynolds is in class and um, Zoe Saldana turns up. Those aren't the same people that we were just watching for this whole film. Though that, those two scenes that we saw are the new future... For the third Adam, the youngest Adam that we see playing computer games at one point with uh, um, Mark Ruffalo and um, what's her name? Jennifer Garner in the background talking. Um, that's his future. But the other two Adams that we've been following throughout the movie, they're, they're dead. Their future don't exist no more. That's what I think anyway. 
That's actually a good. That's actually a good concept, you know. Oh, um, I, I, I joined. I really like the concept. Um, because I think time travel is one of those ones where you know people theorize of diff- different things. I don't know what the actual scientific consensus is right now, but um, you know, Marvel explains it as you go back in time, you change something in the past, so it has a different future, but it branches off from your future, so your future is already set. But what you've done is the future that you so the past you've gone to now has a different future by you by dint of you being there haven't changed things right um there's a theory that is literally the the grandfather theory as in you are you become your own grandfather that kind of thing and then there's one where you know you stop existence i think they've gone for that one where you've changed enough you've sort of reset the time and now you are is that basically you don't exist anymore because you've now because you're the future possibilities you no longer exist does that make sense Mm. So, um, yeah. So you have that going on for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I do, I do accept your, you know, your, your, your theory as well. That yeah, there's actually a third out of that. So the one I was playing the video games that when they they went to the past and you know he's sort of taken on these things. But actually, the reason why I also like it is because it's almost like the will of the others have has seeped into him. So, you know, hug your mother, uh, respect your mother. Um, and even actually Mark Ruffalo as the dad as well, him, you know, stay spend more time with his kids. You, I think that's what it is. Mm. Um, this, so this, was, is. this was, again, another concept that I thought they could have taken further is Ryan Reynolds always remembers his dad to be a dickhead who never spent time with him and loved his work more than him. But then the younger Adam remembers his dad coming home and playing catch with him every night, no matter what. Even if he's tired from work, they still play catch. So I was thinking, Ra, maybe whatever they're about to do when they do go back to 2018 affects the future so that that's what young Adam remembers, but that's not what Ryan Reynolds actually went through because this young Adam has lived a different life because they warned Mark Ruffalo, like you said, and maybe he changed his ways and decided to play catch with them. And then, do you know what I mean? So maybe the younger Adam has already lived a different future than the older Adam has. But again, they, they didn't really go anywhere with it. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I still liked it. I still liked the, the, the stuff that they did do, like the, the whole thing of the villain. There was basically two of them, one from the future and, and herself working together. Thought that was pretty cool. I liked the reference to Back to the Future. There was a couple of references to Back to the Future. Um, I mean, they straight up refer to Biff and the Sports Almanac, but mm-hmm. a kind of more subtle one was the hotel that they were staying at was called Pine Ridge, and the logo was three pines, three kind of like trees. Mm-hmm. In Back to the Future, the first one, the the I can't remember, I don't know what kind of building it is, if it's a hotel or what, but where they do the initial time travel test is on a property called Twin Pines, and there's oh. two pines. And then oh, during the film... During the film, when they go to the past, one of them accidentally runs over a pine tree, leaving only one standing. So then when they come back to the present, that place is now called Lone Pine, whatever. Oh, Do you know what I mean? You, is that right? Is that what happened? I yeah, so at the beginning of the film, it's called Twin Pines. During the film, in the past, they run over one pine tree and leave one standing. Oh, okay. Then when they come back, that property is now called Lone Pine. So I thought it was cool that in this movie, they've got Pine Ridge, and that has three pines. 
Mm. So I thought that was a nice reference anyway. Oh, that's, um, that's cool. All right, yeah. Stevie, what is your views and your rating? And then that's it. I, I'd give it like a three piece. It was mm. um, it was fun. I, I, I almost didn't want to read into the, the whole kind of time travel thing too much because as soon as I kind of got into this, I was like, this is this has got to be a fun movie, almost a bit like um, Free Guy, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I, if I start analysing the time travel thing too much, I'll start getting a little bit like pissed off with it. And I actually wanted, to, I just wanted to enjoy it as a, as a, as a funny movie with, with heart and everything. And I, I thought the, it, they did incredibly well having the, the interaction between Ryan Reynolds and the kid was, was really good. The kid delivered lines really well. Um, and it was, they'd obviously thrown a serious amount of money because it, it was slick as hell. Um, but I mean, again, if I go back to just absolute basics, I watched it, I had a great time. So uh, I'd, I'd definitely give it a three piece. Nice. Um, it wasn't, definitely wasn't good enough. You know, it would have had to have had like um, Back to the Future level, like subtleties mm. in it, like the changing of like, if they'd actually um, riddled it with like changes every time they'd gone back in time, whatever, if you could have seen like things changing um, or just had stuff that if you'd had to rewatch numerous times to, to be able to pick up the changes, maybe it has got that, but I, I didn't Im- initially see any of that. Um, so it, yeah, it would have had to have had a lot more subtlety to get to be a, a whole, whole chicken. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine coming up with a theory for time travel You've just done the first successful test, and then within the same week, two versions of your son from the future turn up, telling you you fucked everything. We have to destroy time travel. You'd be like, shit, like I fucked up. Like I made a like I'm gassed because I know it worked, but yeah. shit, like. Do you know what reminds me of? You know the atomic bomb, right? When it was first created, it wasn't created to you know be a weapon. Um, but now looking back on it, obviously Albert Einstein was one one of the people who worked on uh, on the atomic bomb. Looking back on it, you see that's how dangerous it is. You, you kind of see that, yeah, people people take something and then run away with a totally different idea and application for it. Yo, so for some breaking news, William Hurt has died. Oh shit! Mad serious? Yeah, bro. I've just seen it on Facebook. Oh my days! Nah, you not even give my rating and stuff for this. Sorry, bro. I just oh, see shit. that, and I was just like, "Damn, why is my phone popping up?" And 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 then now I dropped the bomb like that. How am I supposed to follow that up now? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's your rating? Uh, um, I give I give a half chicken for the same reasons that um Matt. that T T gave, but I really do I really enjoy it. Um, maybe when I'm bored or something like that, I'll just slip it on in the background. Mm. Um. I think the filming and graphics used were crisp. Um, technology is pretty cool to, um, as well. Even the fighter jets. Um, you know, the story is good. There's nothing new, but I like the way it's written because it's it's fun. I mean, it's comedy gold between young Adam, um, Robert as Adam and Mark Ruffalo as the dad. You can kind of see where um, where they all get their sense of humor from, and you know, just the bad language and whatnot from yeah. as well from Mark Ruffalo. Um, just one particular bit in the film that made me crack up so much was when um, an older Adam meets his dad and they're talking. He, he punches his dad, mm. and 
Mark Ruffalo does the weirdest like jumping yeah. punch of LC. I was like, that is totally hilarious. I was like, I wouldn't even see the comeback. I, I saw the hit coming, but just the way he did it was stunning. <laughs> and I, that was absolutely hilarious. Um, and you know, just just things like um, like was it face mullet and all that stuff. That's very typical yeah. Ryan Reynolds' uh, um, sort of humor. Also, even, even the even the young Adam's response to that when he was like, "What's that?" and he's like what like a goatee and he's like yeah he's like well then why didn't you just say goatee like, even yeah, that is a very Ryan Reynolds response you know what I mean? yeah 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 um also watching this um it felt like two films added together so it felt like also the Marvel um the MCU because you had Ryan Reynolds so Aldana obviously they've played Deadpool um and um uh Gamora and then Mark Ruffalo also played Bruce Banner but also, you have uh, kind of the actress's name, the one that played Adam's mum, but you have her and Mark Ruffalo, who, who were in 13 again, so it felt a bit like a continuation of 13 again into this universe where it's um, it's like time travels, all that stuff. So I thought that was all pretty cool. Hmm. Apparently, yeah. they, they recreated um, a photo of a scene or something from that. Yeah, movie, they did. They did. Pretty cool, yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. It's in the picture. Yeah, it's, it's sick. It's sick. That's yeah, cool. but I thought those are all little nods. They're also all little nice nods. So you know, if people um, who've seen this film in the past and see us now, yeah, it's 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 nice. Mm. When the kid landed and said superhero landing, I was like, oh, shit. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he got and then he got one punch. <laughs> and then he got one punch. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, mad. All right bringing this episode to an end a lot more batman talk than i anticipated um so hopefully we can catch up with what everyone else had been up to uh on the next recording so without further ado stevie say bye to the people bye people mine say bye to the people bye everyone catch you next time big t thanks for coming back bye say bye to the people bye to the people all right guys bye bye now